Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 11, I think. Uh, 11, 12, one of those. Doc's Angels. We've got a very, two very special guests with us tonight. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I think I want to start with my favorite comment from the chat right now, and that is, dude, Doc ate a person and they glossed over that bit. That was, uh, that was sort of something that was over He was a vegan. He was a vegan. People should, okay. People should be eating vegans all the time. Right. <laughs> At least we're pretty sandals. sure he was a vegan. He was wearing sandals, right? That was incredible. <laughs> it's a new era. Cannibalism. It's they, like, it's all cannibalism. Uh, right? Also, if they, if they carved the meat while he was alive, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we are returning to our cannibalistic roots. I was going to and now I'm Z-na- having... Little Z Nation science for That's you right. folks. I'm yeah. having flashbacks to episode two, and it was traumatic and terrifying. The cannibal <laughs> episode in season one was pretty dang good, and this was true to form, and yes. also horrifying. It was. Anyway, hi, Z Nation fans. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Doc's Angels, hence the... Uh, Charlie's Angels intro that we got going on in the background. Not to mention, this takes me back to like the early 2000s. Sixth grade. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow, that's a long yeah. time ago. Sixth grade. Remember sixth grade? My God. <laughs> 80s there. Uh, at that one-room schoolhouse right. uh, on the prairie. They, they didn't go past four. <laughs> used to dream of going to school. Numbers hadn't been invented right. past four. No, it was one, only, two, many lots. Yeah. <laughs> so no sixth grade then. No. Um, well, yeah, before we get started, let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel for this evening. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the co-creator and the showrunner, Carl Schaefer, with us here tonight. Hey, kids. I'm at uh, Unreal Carl on Twitter. And we have the co-executive producer, Michael Cassett, joining us. Thank you guys so, so much. Happy to be here. Cassett ZN at Twitter. That's me. Fantastic. So, who are you? Oh yeah, that's 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 not important. Uh, it I'm, is actually. <laughs> you're, if you're not here, then who's driving the bus? <laughs> uh, autopilot. That's how these things work. We've On got self-driving, buses? We've got self-driving cars. It's the way of the future. This is LA. Uh, Our public transit is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get a professional robo- adjacent. Yeah, we'll get a robotic host in here. Um, but I'm Megan. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. We are also going to be keeping an eye on the live chat. Katie's got that covered, as well as the hashtag ABTVZ Nation. And before we get started, I wanted to go ahead and remind you guys, if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We absolutely love hearing from you, and it is the best way to let our producers know that you like the show that we're putting on, and it helps us get wonderful folks. 
folks like these gentlemen in as guests. So please, if you haven't already done so, go to iTunes. We love hearing from you. And for those of you in the international side of things, we uh, they do count, but we can't see them. So if you guys leave a comment on the iTunes store, take a screen cap of it and tweet it at us because we love Love seeing that sort of thing. Same for if you review it in the uh, podcast section of Google Music. Screen ca- uh, screen cap that. I can words tonight, yeah. y'all. <laughs> Throw it in the hashtag. So, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I have some feelings on uh, sort of the... the the kind of we this all poor kind of, man. we all kind of saw where this was going. Oh yeah, I uh, think that's half the fun. I mean, the second you see them, you know where it's going. You're so. just like, oh, this well, can't, I mean, this can't well. go well, right? Well, in the trailer last week that we got for this episode, we did see a shot of the ladies in their human face masks, and it was like, oh. All right, that's what we're in for. That's wonderful. I, yeah, I think Woo! our promo department uh, is. Uh, uh, not above giving it all away in the promos. Sometimes. We call them the, the spoiler team. Uh, yeah, that's, fresh. that's a. I mean, that's frustrating because, like, the, again, the fun is in the surprise of seeing things unfold. But you got to hook viewers somehow. Yeah. The fun for the network is getting people to show up. So their attitude is: put it in the trailer, get them to come, and we'll figure it's it out a, later. It's about the journey, not the destination. There you go. That's actually a really good way of putting it. We kind of got six of one and half a dozen of the other on this. Well, you know me. I love my horror homages, so it was something that, like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm into this when I saw the promo, but at the same time, um, it, it's, yeah, as you said, it's not really difficult to see kind of where this was heading the second we get introduced to these three lovely ladies, uh, Sarah, Linda, and Camilla, uh, and I actually really liked this intro of, um, you know, Doc is kind of following this siren call of uh, the, you know, one of them reciting the Raven on the radio. Hearing you quote the Raven along <laughs> with that was pretty impressive. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I'm watching it going, "Oh, this is nice," and she starts mirroring the words at the same time, and I'm like. Right, it's eleven o'clock at night. Please do. <laughs> well, going back to sixth grade, you probably heard the poem then. I learned it from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, there you go. I wasn't going to bring it up, but okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I learned it from The Simpsons, but thanks to The Simpsons, I did almost completely memorize The Raven, which was really cool when I actually got to read the full thing. It's like, oh, this verse wasn't in there before. But so to kind of get back to like the idea and the heart of this episode, where did this idea come from of Doc coming across these three kind of sirens? Because I did get a little bit of like the Odyssey sort of feel from this. Well, I think it, I mean, it started in the room. We, the way our process works is we get together and for a couple of weeks, everybody just throws all kinds of ideas into the hat and elements and then we, you know, start pulling them out. And I think there was kind of a, uh, it started out as granny witches, didn't it? Like, yeah, like basically, three, like a fairy tale. Like yeah, a witch's coven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, and then, just got you know, sort of uh, um, dialed it sexier and younger, and then wanted to make it you know as horrific, uh, you know, have the uh, tables turn and and sort of be the opposite of how you would normally gender a horror film uh, and and turn the tables on Doc because it's fun seeing bad stuff happen to Doc. Uh, um, it, takes it, it takes it so well. 
He does. He rolls with it. He's like, Just it's the, the apocalypse. apocalypse, man. <laughs> he's a pretty chill guy, and yeah. he's a, um, very game, uh, and enjoyed doing this episode. Yeah, when he sees th- stuff like this, he's like, not cool, man. Like, I thought you guys were cool. This is the opposite of cool. <laughs> he sees these people stuck on a table. Who are you? Well, I'm you in ten minutes. I'm sitting here going, why are you asking who they are? Just do something. Maybe. I mean, I know it's for the audience and the people who haven't quite cottoned on yet that these people are bad news, but still. He's still looking for the other members of the Pink Floyd cover band he was right, in. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> On the off chance he'll find them in the yep, zombie it's apocalypse. The apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Where else would you find them? Fair enough. Fair enough. I have to say, I love the bedazzled zombies. Those were some of our scariest zombies we did so yeah. far. And at first, the makeup people, like their first thing was, well, well wait a minute, how are we going to do that? We... And then as soon as they got into it, um, it was, and, and at first we thought it was going to be really funny, but um, when all was said and done and they were put together, there was something like incredibly creepy about them. Uh, and uh, were some of our scarier zombies, I thought. Well, it's like Lisa Frank crossed with hell. Right, right. <laughs> you really shouldn't flavor those together, but oh, dang! And you kind of, and you can kind of feel the pain of like, and you know, put you know, yeah. bedazzling them. Uh, you you sort of feel the process when you see them. Yeah, for, uh, for anybody who's done bedazzling, like way back in the day, you know that there's a gun. There's a there's an audible process of it. Yeah, like yeah. a chunk <laughs> that goes yeah. with each. Uh, it's like that can't feel good. It's one step. No, ask Doc. Talk about it. It's one step about a good killing sport. Yeah, dazzling docks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That looked. That did not look fun. Uh, But that is the nipple piercing from hell. But it is remarkable again what your makeup team was able to do with that. We we had Corinne and her husband in a couple weeks ago, and oh, good. Yeah, yeah. They were Uh talking about how like the best is yet to come, and I'm not sure if this is what they were talking about, but. Dang, this is certainly impressive. They were they were very happy with. I mean, everybody was really happy with how those came out, and yeah. it was it was a pretty funny. Uh, uh, you know, you come up with a joke in the room, and then when you see all the departments pull together, and the whole thing is said and done in the end, and um, and our our great uh, uh, stunt team, uh, Keith Cox, being the head bedazzled zombie. Because <laughs> um, a lot of these He's zombie the things the are very un- the costumes are very uncomfortable and and hard. I mean, we put. Uh, stump people in them just because they're so uncomfortable just to stand around in for the length of time they have to be in them. I was going to ask you. do it to the stunt people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As one does. They love it. They roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was was my next question as to whether or not they had any difficulty with the mobility side of things because, I mean, those are physical beads that are getting, you know, kind of, I guess, temporary glued to their... Well, actually what it was uh, is a... uh, most of the uh, bedazzlings were on a mask that you pulled over, like a like okay. almost like a, a very thin, uh, stretchy uh, ski mask that pulled down and then made of human flesh. So so they, <laughs> they didn't have to actually glue them on. But then they you know they had a fair somewhere around the edges and stuff like that, or any holes they had, they had to, to you know glue them in. But that's um, extremely impressive. It does not show at all. It, it looks like it's like embedded in their skin. And it makes so much more sense because to do that in the makeup chair is hours and hours and hours for every zombie for every day of shooting. It makes so much more sense to do the mask. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and with a lot of our zombies and stuff, the, the, it's, it's not just the makeup job, but how do you make the makeup job work on a schedule for this many yeah. people and, how, you know, uh, um, and and 
like the uh, the barbed wire zombies, where that was a big bunch of meetings to figure out how to do that and how to do it in a quick way, you know, because you, you get there and you do the first schedule and you go, oh, but then in the middle of the day we have to barbed wire these guys up and that's going to take three hours and there's no we have no people to do that. We've got to come up with a different solution. So, Yeah. It, again, creative solutions. And again, with such the, the time crunch that you guys are under too, like uh, I, you have to find kind of ways of using economy of time and Well, this resources. was a five-day episode, so this yeah. is like one of our really quick, fast uh, um, episodes. So yeah, everything had to be boom, 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 right ready to go. Um, and and the actors were so fun and on top of it that that made it work. And it's always so impressive to watch it knowing they had five days to shoot this. Just five. Had to all go. That was... <laughs> it's always incredible We think to we should get that. more credit for the degree of difficulty. You know, yeah. We should get, like, a bonus somewhere. But, uh, yeah, because the, the crew just... They kill it every week, and uh, it could kill them. <laughs> In some cases, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it comes pretty close. Just the yeah, time. Dear God. Again, the time turnaround, and just... I, I'm, like, you guys work like 12 14 hour days if we're not mistaken well 12 it's a 12 hour day minimum um and we didn't do a lot of overtime you know it's not unusual to do 13 14 hours a day um but this season it was like five days no overtime we do a lot of second unit work and a lot of just a ton of planning uh mostly and get it all worked out ahead of time and um, you know, solve all the solution. You know, solve all our little problems. And we have a lot of our directors are also writers or working in another capacity on the show. So instead of just coming in and prepping the week before their episode, they're there for months prepping some of these gags, picking up the background elements, and shooting the special effects plates. And they're around afterwards, still working on the show. So we take advantage of everybody that way by. Uh, you know, giving them a shot and then uh, making them overwork. <laughs> so the entire RMO. so the entire show is one cohesive unit. Uh, pretty much. I mean, at this point, this last season, it was uh, um, really a tight machine. I think uh, at this point. I mean, we've done forty three episodes now, um, so we're starting to figure out how to do them. Um, and everybody works with everybody else, and we all hand off, and people shoot scenes from other people's shows, and pick up pieces for them and uh, just a ton of like second unit and little bits and pieces that make the shows really seem a lot bigger than they are. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, you you have an item in a script called a bedazzle gun, you can turn to the prop guys and go, okay, how do you want to do the bedazzle gun? Right. We, and we see like six versions of it and yeah. drawings of it and uh, um, yeah, approve it and go, no, that's not gory enough. That's, a, you know, the real bedazzle gun. I think in the end we used, uh, it was like some sort of, uh, like, nail gun or something, you know, that yeah. we used. It wasn't a real bedazzling, because a real bedazzling thing isn't like, it doesn't, like, shoot a, a, a you know, a, a huge no, nail a into something. Right. Yeah. yeah, you need both sides of it, and you kind of go, chick, chick. <laughs> we, we may have pioneered the bedazzler as a weapon, though. I think we're right. probably the first show to do this. In part TV me, history. Part of me wants to see someone make a full-on functional bedazzle gun, and the other part of me is like, no man should have that power. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, exactly. But Women you, maybe, but, but no you, man should have that power. But you know somebody will. Yes, because there are so many fans for this uh, this show that are so dedicated. Someone, now that I've said that, is either going to make it or already has. No, they're already on the or, second or, version. Or <laughs> yes. Bedazzling the their nipple. wasn't dazzling yeah, enough. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I guess it's always fun to see cosplayers who make their own Z Walker. So it's got to be uh, if uh, next season at some point, if someone could send us a picture of their cosplay with a bedazzled gun, I would be over the moon. I, I would love to see pictures of someone cosplaying Doc's look from the end of this episode. <laughs> Bicycle included. Do, do you really? Bloody nipple wound included. No. Yes. That's how Cal Drogo died. No. <laughs> no. No, I, I honestly want to see people try to pull this off. Because there will be people who make it. It has to be screen accurate. It has to be this. Okay, what year is the bike from? I'm going to find one of those bikes at Goodwill. I mean, there are people. I know cosplayers who do this stuff. <laughs> there will be people who are invested in we getting it screen accurate. We actually got the last accurate. bike of those. <laughs> Ever yeah. weld your own? Yeah. <laughs> the um, but yeah, to kind of get back to like talking about the story for this episode, this is basically um, kind of like an Odyssey or kind of Greek tragedy story of like the sirens meets the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, was kind of that and a little bit of Buffalo Bill. Uh, more Texas Chainsaw making Texas furniture Chains- with people. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw. True. They both were sort inspired of the man by Man Hunter Endgame. Buffalo Bill, you mean? Oh, the, both uh, stories. Cowboy Buffalo Bill. Yeah, both oh, stories. Oh, no, it puts uh, the lotion on its skin. Yeah, both uh, the Hannibal Lecter stories, uh, that one in particular uh, with Buffalo Bill and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre were inspired by the murders of Ed Gain. Uh, and every. How oh, do that you, guy. How do yeah. you not know that, Katie? That's like Horror 101. <laughs> horror 101 <laughs> is knowing the difference between Freddy Jason and Ghostface, all right? <laughs> Give me some credit. Oh. I've passed the 101 course. <laughs> but have you guys been waiting to put, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre story in at some point? I don't know if we were waiting to do it. We were yeah. just willing to do it, I think, <laughs> was sort of our... Uh... That would pretty much sum up our story process. Well, yeah, we're not waiting for things. If we have the idea and we like it, we do the idea. <laughs> it's not like... Yeah, we're, the, like it's... we're the show that says yes. Yeah. So that's our, um, that's our basic yes, demo. Now. And... <laughs> yes, and. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any ideas that you haven't implemented that that you wanted to, or anything that's that you really wanted to do that wound up on the cutting room floor for one reason or another? For this episode, I, I just mean oh, in general. Ge- I mean in general, episode? but I will accept this episode. I just mean well, like in general, pie in the sky. Hmm. Well, we've wanted to. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of just bigger scale episodes. I think would be the thing we would want yeah. to do that we can't. Uh, you know, just seeing masses of zombies and. Um, we have dreams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I had a dream once. Yeah. The uh, well, kind of going back to what you said about this kind of being a fairy tale. The location looked a lot kind of like a castle. Um, and Mike on Twitter wanted to know what kind of location was this? Was it a house or a retreat? Was this all done in one location? And I assume it was up in Spokane. But but yeah, do you guys have any details on where it was? Because it did it did look like it was off the beaten path a little bit. We. Yeah. We'd been we'd had this location uh, since like season one. I think our uh, um, Vince, our uh, art um, production designer, had been telling us about it, and we went by and looked at it and said, "Well, we got to shoot something here." <laughs> yeah. um, and and the guy was really cool. He was he's like a, a really high end, very skilled welder. And when he's not working on you know in Alaska on a pipeline or something like that he's home welding this giant castle together um you know uh for some long lost love or something like you know all of these uh, type of places are um so all the exteriors we shot there and a lot of the interiors um and then that's how we did it in 5 days it was like is this is this a rich enough location that we can get 5 days of shooting out of it 
if you ask about the aspirational things, most of them tend to be locations. You know, we have seen something, some the abandoned nuclear power plant. Yes, like we're. It's like you just know at some point you want to get there. Sometimes it just takes you a while to find the right story that will line up for it. Yeah, that, wasn't that, one of that your house on the block? You know, one of the sets in season one wasn't that an abandoned zoo or something like that? There I was an abandoned. You guys there was an it. abandoned golf course that we did, huh. um, and there was an abandoned zoo. But the, the, I don't know if we actually shot there for some of it or not. Um, I misremember things that happened. Well, also there might have the abandoned. I think there was an animal holding facility. That was oh it. oh yeah oh the God. the primate research center. That was yes, it. That yeah, where they tested monkeys for uh, HIV. Um, one of the sadder places yeah. locations on the face of the A earth. A real horror. Um, uh, that Sorry. and the the children's asylum right next door. Um, couple of good. That creepy, can't be real. Creepy. Oh yeah, sure. From what? the turn of the, the turn of the century, children's asylum. A medical testing facility next to a children's it's insane all, asylum. It, it's all at this, this. How could that go wrong? Uh, um, <laughs> actually, a, a very nice little town uh, um, called Medical Lake uh, that has all of these uh, old facilities that were there. I thought that was um, things writers made up. <laughs> no, no. It's, oh it's, lord! It's a it, it's a big complex. A lot of it is abandoned and empty, and with peeling paint and broken gates and uh, spooky. If if there were um, ghosts and hauntings, this place would yeah. have them definitely. Do you guys? Is that something that you guys come across a lot? Because obviously, it's a lot. Having speaking from experience, it's a ton of fun being on your guys's set. Oh yeah. But like at the same time, when you come across locations like that, do you ever like do weird things ever happen? Like, do you ever go like, oh yeah, this this set is definitely haunted. Um, I don't know about haunted, but uh, um, cursed maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Semantics, or just ge- generally just dangerous and creepy. I think uh, some Sketchy of them have been and skeezy. Yeah, uh, that would be our sets in some cases. <laughs> Definitely. Ugh. Good lord. Oh, so now man. chat's saying zombie bear, zombie bear versus zombie gorilla. <laughs> We've had a few fun things in chat. We've had uh, Anna in chat uh, saying she really looked up bedazzling gun after this episode. <laughs> oh, uh, we and have, there are several pages devoted, I'm, I'm sure, I'm somewhere. sure there are. I'm, I'm sure there's Amazon a whole can shrine. Ship to you by tomorrow. No. Yeah. I'm sure there's a... The by, the, set. by the end of the season, there's going to be an entire Pinterest account dedicated to what you can make with your own bedazzled gun. Amazon will have its own drone bedazzler. Uh, Renji <laughs> says bedazzled machine gun. He also says Horror 101 Finals would be the ghost face challenge. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> oh, man, I'd be yep. terrible with trivia if my life was on the line. That would be the worst. I'd be terrible at most things if my life was on the line. Well, let's be real. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, kind of talking about um, Doc and his journey this time around. Uh, there's a, like, as you said, kind of the fun is knowing that this isn't going to end well, but very much seeing how it unfolds. I... I think I wanted to know what around going around the table. What was your favorite bit between these three ladies? Because we have them constantly competing for Doc's affection before the other shoe drops. And I think probably uh, my favorite was definitely the scrapbook. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that scrapbook. That was horrifying and also wonderful. Yeah. His throat was slit. Oh, this person died this way. It was awful. 
and her and, and that was her, before the apocalypse <laughs> too. That was the, that was the funny part. Yeah, about it. her voice, her delivery—it was just perfect. Yeah, she was. She was the yeah. one that scared me. She should. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah, I really like too how she was like, and and it's kind of a testament too a. Like talking about how this show is always really good about creating interesting female characters in this particular case, even when they're clearly villains. But I really liked how she was like, "Oh, that's cute. He thinks he can pit us against each other. Yeah, that's hilarious." <laughs> well, and that's—I mean—that's real equality too. When you can, you know, when you can have characters be bad guys and just be awful and write them, you know, even though they're uh, a, a woman character, have them be as bad as any man character and and just write a character, just write the correct character yeah. for it, not uh, worry about their gender. Um, and we had a lot of women on the writer staff this season, so uh, that helped with episodes like this and, and sort of, you know, tipping us in the direction of doing those kinds of episodes and and why we have, you know, one of the reasons we have uh, uh, good female characters on the show is we have a lot of good female writers on the show. So that always helps. What I'm hearing is more female writers. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's uh, well, absolutely what I'm hearing. <laughs> Take note, every other show ever. <laughs> yeah, we're good. You other shows get to work. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we had, we together, had guys. there were more women in the room this season than men. I think we had a majority yeah. of women on the yeah. staff. So. Um, for a zombie show, I think that's probably unusual. Um, for most shows, guess. that's really unusual, and that's that's kind of the sad part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, that's great to hear, and I think again, it's something where again, our our protagonist, uh, we have an ensemble cast, but our, our the leader of the group is Warren, and I feel, and you know, Addie's very much her right hand man. I I, re- I think that really shines through. Again, this show has always been really good about doing those characters justice. So, again, getting to see a trio of villains in, in a weird way, and they, they, didn't, they didn't get punished either. They, right. no, that, was a, <laughs> that was actually important to us, that they just get away with it and, <laughs> and uh, send Doc on his way and that they were fine in the end. Um, and Their next customers will be sketchy live. and skeezy. <laughs> exactly. I well, would watch that episode as well. Yeah, when, when we were watching it, you pointed out that of all of the different locations that our lovely group of people has inadvertently burned to the ground in one way or another, this one escaped scot-free. Right. Usually locations like this are just like, nope, fire. Yeah, usually uh, by the time our group goes through the place, they leave it in ashes, regardless of whether the people deserved it or not. Physical or metaphorical. We, we ruin good people. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the church in season one, not yeah. the little no weapons commune and then the church yeah. of crazy people. Yeah. yeah. Well, not just that. Like, any time there... I think... Like really, the only time where most people got a- away okay was actually the last time Doc was heavily featured uh, in the election episode. Everyone, everyone made it out okay. The asylum too. Yeah, everyone made it okay. That that's it. We just need to have Doc episodes because then people live. <laughs> like that's the common denominator. Yeah, usually we actually want Doc really to be president. I would I would vote for of him. the Absolutely. apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everyone wrote in that weed doctor so. <laughs> I'd be down. Um, but that's a that's an interesting point, is we do have the, the asylum folks still driving around out there. Uh, I think Maybe. That, I think Doc needs a ride. That's what I think. Oh they can my all God. come showing back up again. As well as the cheese wheel and <laughs> Yeah. 
I just want this crazy reunion at the end of the season. <laughs> Everyone getting back together, a whole bunch of extras that we haven't seen in a dog's age. Potentially Red and 5K if they're still out there somewhere. I'm still holding that hope. No body, no death. Well, we have a big crowded finale coming up, so uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. Keep lots, lots of people show up. Uh, Anna in the chat points out that the destruction of the commune wasn't the group's fault, it was the cult's doing. The fact that the group was present. Yeah, if they our guys show, show up, up, it's not a good sign. And you're host. Yeah. So, yeah. Point being, if our guys even look at it. <laughs> hey, that looks like an edge Boom! But yeah, I mean, point being is that good people sadly suffer when the gr- group comes through. But also, evil is usually punished. So the fact that these three lovely, awful ladies get away scot-free, it's its its something that I kind of appreciated on multiple levels because, again, its this is the type of episode that rounds out the world and, you know, kind of fleshes out the types of people that are still, you know, that are still around here in the apocalypse. And actually, I was reading a review earlier today, and somebody actually made a really good point. There was this really interesting bait-and-switch, because we started off the episode with an ender attack. And um, we started off the episode with an ender attack, so you kind of think that that's going to be the through line for this episode, that it's going to kind of revolve around Ender's attacking Doc while he's trying to get from point A to point B, but that's not it at all. It's actually just kind of this interesting foreshadowing of like hey these are the types of people that are around in the apocalypse at this time you're gonna see something else but equally crazy kaya being popcorn.gif at the <laughs> end of attack was just like oh this is terrible right. i'm gonna watch more <laughs> like i i need i need a gif of that if anyone's made a gif of that please tweet it to me i need it in my life well, it's also, yeah. it's we're at this point in the story, like five years, six years into the apocalypse? Five six, years into six, yeah. six plus. That yeah. Almost yeah. Murphy, yeah. That's a long time. Life has changed. Any sort of normal human beings and behavior are four years behind us at this point. And anybody you run into is going to be pretty uh, esoteric in their behavior and uh, some sort of survivor in some kind of strange way. So. Do you guys have difficulty coming up with different ways to manifest that in the writer's room? No, we are those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just you, you get us together in a bunch of alcohol. We're three years into the zombie apocalypse it's ourselves. ourselves right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're manifesting all kinds of weird distilled behaviors. I mean, we you know, we have a good smart group of people and and a process that sort of like, you know, gets all these ideas going and colliding off each other and everybody's job in the in the off season is to, you know, collect weird ideas that are some sort of jumping off point for a type of zombie or, you know, a, a, a new thing coming A new up. weapon, a new type of villain, right? a new weird situation, whether it's a fairy tale or a historical reference or an election. You know, or a strange bit of science that we can base something on, uh, you know, those kinds of things. That's, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> I've been trying to do dark matter for three years. It hasn't come across yet. So does everyone just walk in? Like, okay, it's the first writer's meeting of the season. Everyone walks in with their off-season scrapbooks and opens them to page five. Well, a little bit. I mean, they know they they, they know kind of what we're, looking, okay. what we're looking for, yeah. And so, we have to write these really fast, so... So for this episode, somebody opened up their scrapbook, and, the, and this is the beard of the drifter that <laughs> wandered into my home. <laughs> you know, my daughter has this bedazzle gun, and then she got a hold of my horror movies, and I thought, hey... It did start... I mean, I am a scrapper, so that's how the whole idea started. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think a, a close second in terms of the bits for me was um, I, I I can't tell these ladies apart. I am sad to say, um, but when the last one came in with a sword, yes. and he's like, oh, God, oh yeah, please yeah, don't yeah, kill uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is so you can defend yourself. It's fine. But <laughs> I would definitely kill you while you slept. <laughs> Slowly and lovingly, you'd never know what happened. Just <laughs> like the 45-second description of what she would do to him while he slept. Like, oh, this is really awkward, but this is amazing. Uh-huh. No, it's very funny. And I do want to make sure uh, Natalia Fernandez, the writer on that, yeah. the actual writer on the episode, gets a lot of credit for all the little bits and behaviors and stuff like that. Because some of these episodes are hard to write where we come up with a conceptual episode like this and then trying to make it seem like it really happened. Um, is a lot harder yeah. to do and yeah. pulling it all together. And so. pacing's really tough too because you have to you have to pace it out so that there's a lot of action at the end but you also need that slow build of dread but you can't make it too slow either so like pacing for especially for an episode like this is something very difficult to sort of figure out the timing for and the beats. And Yusuf Delaria, the director, who, who he was came on as an editor in season three and cut the uh, opening two-part movie um, and then stuck around to uh, uh, direct this episode. And, and he'd done some... He came out of independent features and had done a lot of, like, romantic comedies and things like that. Which is what this was, of course. <laughs> yeah, in a way. Finding love like in a, the apocalypse. Right. <laughs> Just a lighthearted uh, romp. It is the apocalypse. Someone <laughs> needs to recut, like, cut footage of this into a romantic. Oh yeah, you trailer. could make a great trailer for it. Yeah, I, yeah, I need it. It'd be a lifetime movie before brought you know together. It. <laughs> brought together by their love of poetry. <laughs> Three love sensitive souls. Of right. Poetry and brainweed. I suppose is that what that was. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's a joke there, and it's just not happening today. But I just, I, I love the realization, I've been smoking you! <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Another first for us, I think, that line. I don't, I don't hear that on Gilmore Girls or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, before uh, before we move on a little bit, I wanted to ask, because um, we do have uh, another bit to touch on in this episode, uh, but I wanted to ask how working with these three actresses was. Because when you guys get guests, you know, you're not quite sure how they're going to fit in with the rest of the dynamic of the rest of the cast and the crew. So working with these guys, how was that? Well, they, uh, you know, it was interesting. Some of them came from people who we had looked at for... Um, uh, other roles, uh, um, and we had kept an eye on and and uh, brought in, and some of them were from uh, up in Spokane, um, and um, you know, and uh, Yusuf, the director, knew one of them from a movie that he had made. So they all came together, and it was amazing how quickly they gelled as a team um, with the you know the task at hand. They really sort of fell into it really quickly. Yeah, I feel like if like they hadn't been believable as a unit, the episode wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah they were all wonderful. They were just great comedic actresses who knew what to do, and you know, were were. I mean, that's the thing about all of our cast, and 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 the trick of pulling this off in five days. It's like people are shocked because we don't rehearse. It's like we shoot the rehearsals in case they get it right the first time, so we can move on. And um, you know, it's just it's practically, you know, improvised on the spot uh, <laughs> sometimes. So, 
um, you know, it's it's uh, my hat's off to all the actors. Just the fact that we make it through these things and the amount of time <laughs> we have. Yeah, um, and uh, we touched on it a little bit ago. With this is like the third episode this season that is primarily focused on Doc, and that's that's a lot of pressure. Uh, we we talked to. Um, we talked to Anastasia about that a little earlier this season. It's a lot of pressure when it's just you or one or two of the other like main cast members where where the entire focus of the episode is on you and on your performance. So shout out to Russell for sure. Yeah. Knocking it out of the yeah. park three times this season so far. Yeah, he was our go-to guy. And, and we didn't initially plan to do three Doc episodes, but we had uh, um, Ty Lombardi was one of our... Uh, uh, you know, new staff writers on the show, and she was writing a backup script, and uh, so we wrote a bottle show with Doc, just in case some location fell out, and then we had a much bigger episode that was set in a Walmart, and the location we thought we had, we could, last year, we couldn't get this year, so we had to, at the last minute, um, swap out episodes, and, you know, so it was like, boom, here we go, Uh, um, you know, so it's so interesting when, you know, looking back at and then you see how the fact that our show hangs together at all, because so much of it is driven by the practicality of production and how fast we're making it and, um, you know, how crazy the whole process is. Uh, you would never know. You'd never actually know from watching it. It just, it looks amazing. Yeah, because, I mean, basically, the we come up with a script, and we write it, and then we get up there and see the look, what we actually have, yeah. which is very different. It's kind of like one of those cooking shows where they <laughs> give you five ingredients that don't go together, and you got, like, you got to, by the end of the episode, you got to cook something, like this, make up this meal, and that's what we've been doing every week, is just kind of looking at what we so, have. And Can we have a Z Nation Chopped episode? Can we do that? They pretty much all are. I was, thinking, uh, I, think, I was uh, thinking more of, like, the Iron Chef, where, like, all of a sudden, and he's like, and your surprise ingredient? A children's mental institution. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah. like <laughs> No, I mean like actually using that as the basis of a show. <laughs> Zombie cooking show. Oh, right. Lord. Here's your here's the elements would, for your uh, episode. Say, Here are your this, brains. Would this yeah, would the zombies be doing the cooking? And your surprise ingredient is a live human being. Have Ooh. fun. Yeah. Wouldn't that be for every episode though? <laughs> Depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> Chat oh. wants to know if the Walmart episode will ever see the light of day. It could, it could. I mean, because um, your fingers. the The first season we wanted to do the um, Grand Canyon episode, and we couldn't pull it off. Um, we just we just weren't together enough as a production at that point. So we held on to that script and uh, did it the second season. So we're we're not above taking a good idea and uh, doing it again. We use every part of the pig, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and yeah, and keep it alive in the process. Yeah. And yeah, again, if something doesn't work for for one season, you hang on to that idea, and maybe somewhere down the line, you can fit it in, and it'll work. Yeah, or parts of it, or a storyline, or scenes from it. Yeah, like retrofit that to like fit there, tweak it a little bit, and boom, you've got yourself a different episode. Well, I'm too tired this week. Let's just do the Walmart <laughs> episode, guys. <laughs> what, take Get that out of here. Take that one off the top shelf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it on the lot. <laughs> Just blow the dust off of it. Yeah. Does it still work? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Mac is supposed to be in this episode, Aww. so. Right. Hey, it's not re- too soon. Recast him as Larry and go yeah. with it. Yeah. They'll never know. <laughs> uh, okay. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on um, regarding Doc and his storyline being the one that got away uh, before we talk about Citizen Z and Kaya for a little bit? This scared the hell out of me, but it made me really happy. <laughs> It just did. Just the whole doc, uh, the whole doc experience. Um. Yeah, 
and uh, just being caught, being treed at the top of the tower and using it to fall over and get over the wall. Like, that is brilliant. That is cartoon physics, but it's brilliant. <laughs> well, I just like the fact that they were just, the ladies were just in control and never flustered and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, did, it, it was, was like, actually very much like a Warner Brothers cartoon in that sense. They were, it's like Pepe Le Pew. You know, just, <laughs> right. You're, you're yeah. running, running, running. And you can, they're just, you know, lollygagging along. Also, we're pretty sure that the people who were initially in the basement are super dead at this point, right? Yeah, the person oh, what the, happened the, to those the, guys? The, as Renji called him, thank you for coming up with this for me. The pothead. Yeah. Boo! Thank you. Thank you. Boo. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel like Pretty we should sure have caught three. on to that like, visual pun immediately. <laughs> Pretty sure those three are super dead at this point. Probably Stu. Yeah. Probably. One yeah. of them was Stu? They had names? No. <laughs> He was wearing no, sandals. Good enough. men like that, you don't eat them all at once. <laughs> hey! The, uh, although I will say, yeah, Doc has, uh, with the end of this episode, Doc has probably gotten more action than most everybody else in the rest of the show. For the whole, yeah, he's... Yeah, three times the action, at least. <laughs> Which, good for him. It's the apocalypse, man. <laughs> I mean, Warren keeps not getting action. Oh. And Murphy actually did, and we have physical proof. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, um, okay, so yeah, I, again, this, for me, again, being a horror movie fan, and especially appreciating horror comedies as much as I do, I feel like this episode, um, and it, horror comedy is hard to pull off, and the show consistently does it well, and for an episode like this, I feel like it really worked, uh, because it's a fine line you walk when you're doing horror and comedy at the same time, and it's easy to fall flat. And again, the, with the performances and the writing, this one really worked. So that's well, and, that, and that's Russell. I mean, he's just so yeah. good, and the other actors were just so good to throw them together with such a crazy script and and have it feel real. And and with all of our cast, there, what makes it funny is it's them doing it. And the commitment that they bring it's like, to oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing a man bun now. Oh, that's a thing. Okay, cool. And you just <laughs> right, you, you feel like these people really exist somewhere. Like they're they're out there in the apocalypse right now, having some adventure we're not aware of, but it's happening. Awkward know? footsie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, we we've got a little bit of time left. I want to talk a little bit about Kaya and Citizen Z. And, you know, it wasn't a huge part of this episode because the focus was on Doc and his journey. But I really like the the character bits that we get with these two as we're seeing their relationship slowly develop. And it's nice after having not seen Citizens E or specifically seeing Citizens E out of commission for a while, get back into it and be integral to helping out Doc in a moment of need to get a message out. And I really like the back and forth that we see between him and Kaya. And it's just, I feel like it's good for DJ Qualls to have somebody to play off of. Yeah. I feel like he yeah. was working he for was so long. He was desperate for that, yes. <laughs> He's like, just someone, anyone, anyone would be great. He was getting tired of like eight hours a day going, come in, Operation yeah. Bite Mark. Yeah. Come in, Operation Bite Mark. A ghost or another illusion, you know, hallucination. 
give me something, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, and again, Connor's episode was great, but oh, it's yeah. nice for him to have a physical, like, what? real character. And Ramona Young is so good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. the girl that plays Kaya is fantastic and hilarious, and so are the the, the two that we cast for her uncle and aunt. Are, they're, they're very amazing. funny and dry. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it all worked out great. You know, we, we sort of took a chance writing something like that, that we would find those people um, to do it, but uh, it turned out great. The the chemistry between DJ and her is really sweet and funny, and um, no, they're they're great and fun to watch. Yeah, and I love seeing their different styles on the radio because uh, Citizen Z is just you know come in Operation Bite Mark. This is Northern Light over and over and over. Like you are definitely military trained, and Kaya's freestyling, and it's so much fun to hear that. Yeah, yeah. again, you you can see and. And I, it's actually really funny that we're talking about how much we love the chemistry that they have together because when we were first introduced to her, I was actually very concerned for him. I was like, oh no, he's with a fangirl. Like, this could go full misery anytime. Yeah, we thought that was going to be the horror movie. Well, I'm glad you were worried about it because that's that's our job. That's the point. Think the worst whenever you see a new character. If you're not filled with dread when you tune in, we're not doing our job. <laughs> right. But uh, I've, I've been very happy to see this development. Um, and it, it does... And now that they have this great back and forth, this great repertoire, I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, how long until something terrible happens? Isn't that great? Isn't that... That's just exactly <laughs> how it's supposed to work, you know? I mean, I spent the a chunk of The more you this like thing. them, the more danger they're in. That's right. why I'm concerned. I spent a chunk of this yeah. episode going, Doc might actually die here. Huh. We're not beyond that. We thought yeah. about I it. I know. Alone and on I the am road. aware. At the hands of I, animals. It was, I, it was a coin flip, remember? It was like, Doc, do we lose him? Do we not? This, I don't know. Flip a coin. <laughs> All right, he made it. And so we found Schaefer's famous double-headed coin, so yeah. we couldn't do that. <laughs> cheating a little bit. <laughs> it is the apocalypse, yeah. though. Hey. Well, I mean, we already filmed those scenes from the finale, and he's in them, so it'd be real awkward if we killed him now. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. There's I'm always a way. There is creative editing or hallucinations. <laughs> um, well, I know you talked about it last week, but seeing uh, Miss Coates back again. God, like, yes. Again, so great. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Like I said, I just I like these two so much that I'm concerned for them. And again, I think that's a testament to what the the way the show has been going. So uh, if uh, you guys get a strongly worded tweet at the end of the season, if you break these two up or like kill off Kaya or Citizen Z, you'll know why. You'll know it's for me. <laughs> Mine will just be incoherent screaming. I'll It'll- send you an audio file. <laughs> Well, this next week's episode will have a lot answer a lot of your questions yeah. about who's coming back, who's going to get killed, who's going to live I and die. I feel like that's, that's a who's really good cool segue. Next, next, uh, yeah, season. not that we want to be, please tune <laughs> in, but you ought to tune in. That's an excellent segue to our prediction section, I think. So thank you for that. Kreskin. Uh, and the light show. Yeah, th- this isn't these guys' first rodeo. They know how it goes. Oh, no, I love the light show. It's been a while since I've had one in one of my shows. We keep running out of time. Oh, yeah. So it's like, we're back. So the next episode is kind of what we've been building to for many an episode now. Basically, since the start of the season, it's coming down to Murphy versus Warren. And it looks like we're finally going to get this confrontation. Murphy's got a completely new do. 
what does this mean? What's gonna happen? Who's this means that die? we're trying to get him out of the makeup chair. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't save him any time. No. We thought it was going to. But Poor Corinne. Say... <laughs> Poor Corinne. Yeah, Poor no, she Keith. still has like a 3 a.m. call, so. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, that's rough. Poor Corinne and poor Keith. I am um, expecting to laugh during parts of this episode because you can't not laugh at an episode with Murphy in it. He will inevitably say or do something that is just wonderful. And I'm also expecting to do a lot of dying whale noises because ten K- Thomas, Tom K. <laughs> Tom K. <laughs> Tom K. Okay. Thomas, but... Yeah, that that whole mind control thing is still going on. Yeah, and the we, whole dance puppets dance thing is really disconcerting. And we know really that find Warren something, 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 kill. Kill. <laughs> we saw about half Oops. the note. It turns out the fandom can read backwards. So. It's that pause thing they have on the uh, TV. <laughs> oh, we Oops. definitely did that. I yeah. wrote down you what that note said. called the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> pause, um, rewind, zoom and enhance, we've which is not a thing that exists. Who did we kill? I forgot. My... Okay. That's <laughs> all right, that one. So many deaths. Yeah, it's, uh, I know it's all a blur at this point. You guys are torturing us. What's wrong with you? And the mythical season four will have an all new cast. <laughs> well, they can't all make it to the end. I mean, come on. Uh, We've already passed the point where they would all make it to the end. I I will say that Who passed that point episode, in episode, episode one, one yeah. of season one. <laughs> as far as my prediction goes. Um, I think that, yeah, the big confrontation outside of the compound is going to be, you know, the majority of the episode, but I really do think we're going to get a face-to-face between Murphy and Warren. Oh, yeah. And I think that they're actually going to do some talking before anything else, because at the end of the day, Murphy has an incredible amount of respect for Warren, and I think he still sees her as an asset, and in I don't know if he really still thinks of this group of people as his friends or not but they are people he traveled with for two years to get across the country with and he had and at the end of the day he'll always look out for number one but you can't do that without having some feelings about the people you were with so I think personally that the, the the face-to-face between the two of them is going to be very interesting, given his inflated ego-slash-god complex, and uh, given the fact that she still has a mission at the end of the day. Well, and that's how you do big battle scenes like this. You have the NPCs fight each other, you have the main characters fight some NPCs to make them look totally badass, and then at some point you have the main character face-off, and that's what we're all here for. That's the title match. Just remember, Warren killed the last... uh (laughs) Nancy <laughs> had an argument with. <laughs> That's very she, true. Yeah, two of Scorpions died that day. Yeah. No, kind of. <laughs> I was, was only gonna, dead for a short amount of time. I was gonna say, yeah, uh, Hector with his crazy cat eyes is gonna swoop in at the end of the episode. You've been that looking. Is, what? No. That is Chekhov's blend right there. <laughs> that that is Chekhov's Jeez. blend. He's sitting on the mantelpiece like an elf on the shelf, and he's just waiting. Now, who will he listen to, though, Warren? Or no Murphy? one. <laughs> no one. The Call of the Wild. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Many loose ends. It's going to be one of those episodes, though, where there's just so much plot happening in this next episode. Uh, so many loose ends get pulled together, and crazy stuff happens. Dying well, whale noises. Just well, dying whale noises. I cannot say, again, thank you guys so, so much for, for coming on tonight. Obviously, you guys have been working 
so incredibly hard on this show. Do you guys have any other things that you want fans to know about that you're doing uh, before we sign off for the evening? Just that uh, we got some great episodes coming up. This season uh, wraps up big, bigly. I yeah, think. Bigly, uh, yeah, bigly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, tune in. Keep watching. Keep tweeting with us live uh, for the episodes and hope for more. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, again, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you guys, and thank you again for your continued support and coming in and taking out time from your guys' busy day. I know, I know, it's I know you guys are super. It's busy the feed that, that gets us. We really appreciate it. Like, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Well, now we're down here just hanging out, so yeah. it keeps us out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Well, that's good. Like, hey, we have a spot tonight. Do you want to come in? <laughs> well, where can people go if they want to keep up with you guys and updates on the show and any other projects you guys are working on? Um, CassaDN <laughs> at uh, at Twitter is where I, you know. Yeah, at Unreal Carl. Yeah. I'll harass me, I'll harass you back. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's pretty he great to watch. <laughs> Trolling, watching you troll people back on Twitter is just... I, I get Twitter's, popcorned and Twitter's I just... Yep. Yeah. Twitter's great. Twitter's there was a couple people that t- tweeted they, they couldn't see the show where they were. They were just following it on Twitter, but they still thought it was funny to, to <laughs> yeah. see all the people. We have Anna in the chat saying, remember to use hashtag RenewZNation when tweeting live on Friday nights. Yes. So Definitely. that is a thing that we are pushing for and hoping for, hence the uh, mythical season four. Fingers crossed. Watch the skies. Yeah. We're still doing well. I think, you know, it's looking positive, I would say. so. Well, keep okay. our eyes and ears open for an announcement. Hope. All right. Katie, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? I'm, I'm watching the chat. Only just now <laughs> realize who some of our guests are tonight. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. This week is DC's crossover week. All four shows on the CW are crossing over with each other, so I will be on Supergirl tonight in like two hours. I'm also on Arrow on Wednesdays, Star Wars Rebels on Tuesdays, Thursdays go back and forth between Robot in disguise and Ruby this week it is Ruby and we also have Steven Universe coming back holy cow it's a miracle so that is also this Thursday I live at the studio how are you you watch all these (laughs) I don't know (laughs) it's a busy week now you know what my life is like yes exactly (laughs) Um, I'm Megan you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin that's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz most of which you Most just heard. Of these. Uh, and I also write articles for the movie chick. That's chick with two K's. Be sure to check those out. Thank you guys so, so much again for coming in today. Thank you to nice. everybody on the hashtag and the live chat. And again, remember Thanks to comment watching. on iTunes. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys so much for watching. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 